Hey, everybody, it's Jeff. Before we start the podcast today, I just wanted to make sure you knew that for MXU Now and MXU Teams, we have some brand new content that has dropped that I know you're going to love. We've made a lot of videos recently about video. So the recent stuff is all about cameras. We've got the differentiation between cinema cameras and broadcast cameras and why you might want to choose one over the other. We've got great interviews with Rusty Anderson from Passion, Chad Vegas from Transformation, and Chelsea Gribble from Elevation talking to us all about video directing, cameras, lenses, everything in between. So if you're not an MXU Now subscriber, go sign up today at mxu.rocks. Now let's get to the podcast. You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 63 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and I'm here, as always, with my good buddies and co-hosts, Lee Fields and Jay Desai. How you doing, boys? What's up, my man? What up, gangsters? So it's a little weird because it is currently Sunday afternoon. And I have this thing ever since I was little, like my dad was a pastor. And so for us growing up Sunday afternoon, it was like, you're going to take a nap. It's rest, it's rest day. Yeah. And so even as an adult, for me, Sunday afternoons are just, it's, it's tough for me to get way up for anything. So I'm glad to be here with you guys because you both have a way of sort of taking me to the next level, but. Honestly, I could just go to take a nap right now and be totally fine. So, did you even go to church today? <laughs> I did actually. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, that was good. So, then you deserve a nap. Well, that's true. I didn't work though, like you did. You were you were serving the good Lord and His people today. Amen. In your own special way. Yeah, yeah, I was monitors today. Sorry, Lee, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> that's that old that's that thing you know that's that old that thing. thing again it's that extra console they have backstage yeah yeah wild um I, that's funny i did forget I to unmute crowder's mic today at one point but he was very kind and gracious and so was uh taylor it was Good. great did you just lick your finger yes uh because <laughs> i was stirring my beverage oh, okay got it it's not thought, a weird heaven. I just I can't see your beverage, and so all I saw is you just stick your finger in your mouth as you're talking about that. That looks like some ah, nice southern sweet tea. iced tea. It is sweet tea. So what happened? You, what do you mean you forgot to unmute the microphone? Well, Brother Crowder was out in the house for a song. He uh, did old rugged cross out of, out in the middle of the room for a special moment, and. Sorry, I just licked my finger again. <laughs> now it's going to be a thing. Um, uh, and I, he, had, he had a different mic out there. And so I just had it on alt input. Got it. And I, I just was not paying attention, honestly. So you just forgot to hit the alt input yep, button? Yep, he, he sang the first word and he knew it wasn't there. So he stopped, came around the phrase. And when he did, I, I had pushed it in. I had to own it hmm. when he walked up. You just own it. Yeah, what do you do in that in that sitch? Like, well, when he came backstage, uh, I saw him and I was like, "Hey, that was a hundred percent me. I just didn't switch you over to your other mic." And he goes, "Okay." He goes, "Was it in the house?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Oh, okay." I could have kept going. I said, "Yeah," but again, that was on me. It threw you off in your ears. So, yeah, um, yeah, it was great. That's see, that's a good argument for why we don't even need monitors. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> your argument's not valid unless you're going with Matt Mars' 18th century theology stuff again. Let's just put <laughs> the front of house mix in everybody's wedges. It worked for Prince. Yeah. I will tell you this. Today, I happen to have the, the broadcast mix on my monitor desk for a specific reason. And I soloed it several times and it just, it sounded great. I kind of loved it compared to my. I always have a throwaway mix, like where yeah. I just make my own. You know, some guys are constantly going through people's mixes. I'm not. I like my throwaway mix, and I just a b the modern mix and my like quick throwaway mix. And man, my throw mix was trash. The modern, <laughs> the broadcast mix was awesome. Okay, I, so Stephen Bailey for the win. We are going to do something cool with monitors uh, this year at the tour, the MXU Live tour. Well, you're allowing them, so that's a good start. Yeah. So Well, you guys you guys don't even know what's about to hit you. If you're not coming to the day two of the two day events, you you're gonna miss so many special surprises. Do I have a a, a, a wardrobe allowance? I mean we can talk about it. I mean I'm just what thinking you, day two. I just I mean, I'm gonna need to step it up, you know? Yeah. I mean, some coming to Amer- some coming to America attire, <laughs> uh, coming to America hat. That's what you need is that hat. Yeah, I am Prince Akim. <laughs> it's so good. Have you guys seen part two yet? No, I haven't. I, haven't I'm scared because what if it ruins the first one? I know. I don't know. Okay, I think this is pretty safe to announce. Um, yesterday, yeah, it is. I believe it was yesterday. Yeah, Friday. Friday. Two days ago, I had a call with Ryan and Kyle with Digico, and the band on day two of our live events will be using... It's you two? Yeah. The, it's the Counting Crows, actually. Counting Crows. Uh-huh. Um, we're going to have a clang system out. Well, why does that matter for anyone? Here's why. We're working on a way for everyone in the audience to be able to monitor what the band is listening to. We're still sorting out the details on all that, but bring your in-ears. That's all I'm going to say. Kyle's coming to run it. So If you try to argue with Kyle, no thank you. <laughs> I love me some Kyle. He will out-nerd me so quick. Well, that's why he's coming. Because <laughs> it'll work. <laughs> right. Uh, people funny. that have used it love it. Just love yeah. it. Yeah. I look forward to yeah, that. Yeah, it's going to be really it's going to be really fun because we not only do we not talk about monitors much at our live events, but we've never been able to sort of create a mix that people could hear. So, right. to have a kind of working monitor mix that we'll be able to kind of scroll through different people's mixes and talk about all the spatial stuff that Clang is doing and all the just preferences that people have on stage and all that. I think it's going to be awesome. How's yeah, the Clang I think so How's too. the Clang work with the X32? Okay, so speaking of that, um, we're going to have a bunch of small consoles on the tour also. So we've done this before, but um, I'll have a big desk and a small desk. Jeff will have his DJ toy and a small desk. (laughs) And Raybold will have a Quantum SD7 and some type of small desk. So we're really going after like actually doing some practical stuff that can apply to every church. Even though... Even though most everything we do on a PM5 or an S6L or an SD7, all of that certainly applies to an X32. It really does. It totally does. Because for anybody who's been to our live events, you know that we're not talking about 
how a particular console is great because it works this way and this is how you do it because this is the only way to mix. No, no we're talking about mixing in general and those principles apply to any desk. Yes. So for those of you who are sort of reluctant to buy a ticket because you don't think that we're going to say anything that applies to your workflow or your world, you got to come because you'll see that we're talking about best practices for mixing, not just how to run a particular console. Let's just go uh, say, hold us to that, you know? Yeah. Like if you you don't feel like the content is uh, applicable to your scenario, let us know, like, how do we pivot? It would be foolish for us to say that Lee and Jeff know everything, guys. Trust me. Um, that is it would foolish. be better for us to give them suggestions along the way. Yeah, please. I like it. The more, the merrier. Uh, I'll be perfect, so no critique needed on my no. end. Yeah, well, no. especially if there's a wardrobe change on day two. I mean, it's going to be that'll be worth the price of admission, right? Depending there. what's for lunch, I might need a wardrobe change in the afternoon. Well, you, I'm going to change before the after party. You know, oh, so yeah. yeah, get get rid of those sweaty pits. <laughs> uh, speaking of after parties, Dallas is sold out, and Chicago's got, I think, one or two tickets left for the after party. We warned you. So by the time you're hearing this, it's probably too late for Chicago, but go get those after party tickets. All right, Jeff, you wanted to talk about church this morning. I did. So my family and I went to church in person today for the first time in a while. And You know, the church that we're attending is a really good church here in the Greenville area, and they've got a bunch of campuses, and they do a really good job with community and discipleship and students, and that's discipleship is kind of what they're all about. The teaching is excellent, and that's kind of why we've been really engaged with what they're doing. The production is a little different than my past experience, mostly just because it's not this production-focused rock and roll thing. They they really don't have high value placed on over-the-top production, which is fine. All that to say, there have been times when I'm frustrated by the production quality at the church, not because the band is bad or because there's anything particularly wrong with the mix. I just think that they, they've tried so hard not to make it about the show that they're not leaning in to the worship part of it and actually making it engaging and exciting. It doesn't have to be a show in order for it to be powerful. And I think at, you know they've gone so far away from what they perceive as this dangerous line that it's just become wimpy and soft and volume-wise way too soft. You know, you're singing words like rejoice and proclaim and announce and, you know, all these things. And it's like, you, you know, the lyric would inspire you to shout things from the rooftops and it's barely 85 dB. It's like, I'm not wanting to shout anything right now. So... It, it was it was a little frustrating, honestly, um, because I think you can have you can have it both ways. Like you can you can make it not about the show, but still make it where you move some air, yeah, and and move people because it's it's just so hard to engage when it's just so puny. 
I felt like the snare drum in the room acoustically was louder than anything in the PA. And you you feel like these are intentional decisions or is it a lack of knowing how to do it well? I think the value placed on it is intentional. And I think the execution, uh, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. You know, I'm, I've had conversations with people who seem to think that that's intentional too. Um, but yeah, Stella leaned over to me at one point. And she goes, Dad, the snare drum's way too loud and the piano needs to be turned up. And I'm like, You've ruined Stella. I know. But I said, Sweetie, you're right. And then we got in the car and I was like, You know, when you commented about that snare drum, the problem was the snare drum in the mix wasn't too loud. It was just the snare in the room that you were hearing. It's like, man, bring the band up around that sound of the snare drum yeah. and you might have a good start. It's hard for me because if if the first 20 minutes of the service, and I'm not sitting there tearing the mix apart because I could do that too, but I was really trying to just experience what was going on. And when there's that much time, that's just not moving yeah. me toward anything. It's just hard for me to kind of get up for the talk at that point. So I don't know. It was, it was interesting. And you guys haven't been going there very long. Like just since you moved there. Right. Right. So you're, you're, and you're with, not like and with COVID with COVID it's been very limited in terms of our in-person attendance. Yeah. So, so what do you feel? Do you feel like you're going to offer assistance at some point? Yeah, I have um, before, but I think uh, I think I just need to go and volunteer and just serve. It's like I've offered to do, you know, some one-on-one stuff or to help, and it just it wasn't. I don't want to say it wasn't received well. But I know it, what you mean. They they just didn't take me up on it. Yeah. Do they not know who you are? It's not about who I am. It's about, and and it's not about me being better than anybody else. It's just. You know, I really do feel like I need help. And so I'll probably just go and volunteer. Here's another thing. So, and you guys can give me some perspective on this. So the room is excessively dead in terms of its acoustics. And with panels, it's got, they've got panels on the walls. No, they, and some of the, and the ceiling is overly treated and there's, you know, a lot of absorption on the walls. And so it's just a very, you know, for speech, it's it's great because it's like, man, you feel like you're in a studio. Um, it was interesting, though, because the vocal effects particularly were super out of place. Yeah. And so, you know, we've talked a lot in our videos about how to use effects and how to layer effects. And it, it, it really struck me today as, man, there is a line, maybe a not so fine line between what your brain perceives psychoacoustically in the room that you're sitting in and what's okay in terms of too much reverb. Yep. Today it was way too much. And so, I don't know, it was interesting. I think some guys who watch our videos might think, gosh, I need to add more reverb. And a lot of times, especially with broadcast mixes, we've said, hey, maybe a little more reverb would help your vocal not sound so in your face or isolated or dry or whatever. But man... In this room, it was like little goes a long way in terms of the reverb. Especially if the reverb's bright. I feel like in a dead room, a real sizzly, you know, spitty plate can really stick out. So I think you can still use them. You just have to go darker or low past the send on that verb 
more or smaller or smaller spaces. I think yeah. it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the amount of reverb as much as it was the the size of it. Yeah, it was because I, I liked it being you know super dead rooms like freak me out for a minute. Kind of yeah. takes me a sec to get there. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of country music this week. Like who? Um, well, a bunch of different stuff. Some of the kind of under the radar pop hip hop country stuff. Ew. Not necessarily because I'm a huge fan. No, right, right. So not because I love it, but more I'm just interested. And then oh, yeah. there's a there's a speaking of vocal effects, this is related and not this is maybe another rabbit trail. There's a new trend with pop vocals and in country with the short, short, I'm talking short, spring reverb or slap delay. Have you guys heard this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the Luke Bryan song, One Margarita, yep. you can really hear it on that song. Like that one, it's very prevalent. It almost sounds like a doubler, it but does. it's not. Yeah. Yeah. But, and if you think about like country songs, the vocal's really dry. Totally. But there's still verb on it. Yeah. You know, so like it's a, if you're mixing in a tight space like that, it's maybe good to go get a good pair of in-ears, something isolated, go play some of that stuff so you can hear how dark those reverbs are and they're able to slip them in. Yeah. I don't know. Something I've been thinking about. I'll go listen to that trash. Yeah. Go listen. I'll tell you the album I've been buzzing through. It's, um, it's called Hicks Tape instead of Mixtape, Hicks Tape. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah. Um, and there, it's a bunch of different artists on it, but Hardy is the one. On what platform? Uh, it's on Spotify. God, just trash on trash. Well, it's I, you get it on Apple Music too, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's a Hicks playlist. Yeah. Um, speaking of country music, Carrie Underwood dropped an album this week, and it's all hymns, and just go be blessed. Uh, it's it's uh, so good. It is so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a fan. The other thing, you know, We've talked about this before, Lee. Our daughters are country music fans for some unknown reason. Yeah. And one thing that I will say about pop country these days, that snare drum. It sounds so good. It does sound good. Okay, I was hoping <laughs> you were going to say that. <laughs> we're about to be a house divided. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm blessed by the snare drum on almost every country song oh, these days. It's the Russell Dickerson album. Oh, the new Florida Georgia line album, like they're probably all fake drums too. And they're all sampled, you know, but it's like, it's kind of that like worship snare drum. It, you could mix them in and out. It's that black beauty, but I don't think it's tuned as low. It's not quite no. as deep as some of those. Uh -uh. I think it, but it's, it's real. It's just, there's a presence to it, but it's just full bodied, man. I yep. just, I'm digging it. No, you're totally right. I'm gonna have to turn Biggie off and get into the, uh, some of this country. Okay. Uh, you can leave your biggie on. Uh, Jeff. Yeah, speaking of biggie. When you were out here last week, a couple weeks ago, I was like, bro, have you heard this Post Malone record, Hollywood Bleeding? Now, parental advisory, okay? Don't judge yeah. me. However, it's so good. I, I so agree good. with you. It's incredible. Did you listen to the Silk Sonic stuff? No. Oh, it's, yeah, so when does the rest of the album come out? I don't out? know, but this baby making music one, so parental advisory there. Um, yeah. It's Bruno and Anderson Pack. 
Oh, yes. I did listen to that. It is nasty. The way they did the sounds are all got the yeah. vibe on it. It, it. It's some sexy stuff. I'm ready for that album. Sounds like hi-fi straight out of 1978. It's like this R&B. I wasn't born, so you'll have to tell me what it was like. It was awesome. What I was going to say about that Post Malone album is the vocal effects. I mean, it's rap with five-second reverbs and delay. I yeah. mean, it's just swimming. And he he does a song on there with Ozzy Osbourne that's unbelievable. I love it. Also, I realize that it's two years old, and I'm, I'm behind, but it is what it is. You're still faster than most churches. True. <laughs> Better late than never. So speak, speaking of Biggie, um, Jay, we got um, a weird message from Scotty the other day because you had asked him for the login credentials for the podcast. And something about a Biggie soundtrack. Well, I just want to know if we were cover, if our license covered Biggie. I was just going to drop some music or something or change a couple of the titles Add a couple tracks, you know, like a DJ set to the podcast. You may have to send that into corporate to ask. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Uh, Yeah. Look, let let me, you guys kind of cramp my style sometimes, (laughs) so just trying to be me. Well, that's funny. Hey, can we we talk more about uh, microphones? We've been talking about this the last few months, but... The 58 is still supreme commander of (laughs) allied NATO forces. (laughs) Uh, yeah, Raybold said that a few weeks ago it's on his Instagram true. that the 58 is still the greatest microphone ever. Um, so all this SE V7 crap I've been going through, can you tell I'm passionate about this? Yes. Yeah. I'm very frustrated. I can tell you're frustrated, yes. It's such a popular mic. I still see threads on Facebook of people just discovering it and going like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. Can't oh, believe yeah. it. Does anybody else have experiences with it? And then, you know, 80% of the comments are, yes, we have some, we love them. But then there's a few of us that are like, yeah, I used to love them. And now quality control is a freaking mess. And I actually don't think it sounds that good anymore. So I'm repeating myself, but something came up on Facebook this week. Someone specifically asked what I felt like they're asking us was, hey, I know you dumped your V7 and went to Neumann 105s. Um, help me justify a, a $900 mic over a $150 one. And I, I responded like, hey, I get it. It's not something I've been super clear about, but we'll hit that. So I, I want us to talk about this for a second. Um, can I start? Okay. I already started. Good. Yeah. The floor is yours. Yeah. Okay. I think... microphone and a $900 microphone, when you're comparing the two like that, that is a big difference in price, right? It's like five, six times the price. Um, But I also want to mention like there's a 58, like we all just said, that's about the same price that I think is awesome. And it may even be better than a $900 capsule. Yeah. But I do feel like people should think a little different about which microphones on stage are okay to spend more money on. So that's a good point. Should a small church with a small budget spend $900, $600 on a microphone for their worship leader? And I think maybe they should. 
And I know I'm typically the guy that's like, why does this church have an SD7 or a PM10? They didn't need it. Like, I, I think that's a different conversation than... What yeah. um, What makes you think it's fine? I don't... I mean, I have thoughts, but what makes you think it's fine? Because it's the most important instrument on stage. If we're talking about the band and the pastor, right? So we have the pastor's microphone, which those are 600 bucks. Depending on model. And then we have like a DPA 4088 or a de facto or define are those are six, 700 bucks, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, they are. Okay. So somewhere in there, but like you think about the drum kit, like a beta 52, a beta 57 on the snare, a 91, two kick mics, a couple Tom mics, beta 98s and some condensers on the overheads and the hat. You use a beta 57 on the snare. I do. Yeah. Hmm. I like that one. Okay. Anyway, my point is like you may have, $2,000 of microphones on your drum kit, but then you're saying that $150 to a $900 difference in a mic capsule for the worship leader is hard to think about. Like I, I would rather see PG57s on the entire drum kit and the worship leader have the right microphone. I'm not saying that you have to spend $900 on the microphone to get the good one, but if that's the one that sounds the best on that singer, then I think you should consider it. You know, a lot of people are going to notice the difference in the sound of that lead vocal mic. More people are going to notice the difference in that than they would in your floor tom or your bottom snare. I don't think most people hear it. I think that's our job to steward that. What do you mean by that? Like, I just think the most average people don't hear the difference between 58 V7 105. Yeah, de facto all that. I think that they hear the worship leader. I think it's our job, our responsibility to give it to them in, in the clearest, best possible way. Well, they may not hear they may not hear the subtleties of the individual mics, but they'll definitely hear whether or not they sound better. Oh, for sure. Yes. I think I think we. I, I agree. I'm just saying. I think the average person can't hear it. I don't think they understand that they can't they're not hearing things well or whatnot i think it's right. our job to present it to them in a good way i would contend that when i was with you at christmas time lee that people heard that there was something off about that vocal yes in other words the mic it wasn't broken but it wasn't correct it wasn't wasn't right yeah and i think people will hear those those things i think when I'm picking a microphone, I'm not necessarily thinking about what the soccer mom thinks about the tone of the vocal mic. I am thinking about, does this microphone make it easier or harder for me to present the vocal to people where they can hear it? Yeah. And then I'm thinking about the worship leader. Like, is this helping them sing better? Is this helping them hear themselves? Like, there's two sides. Like, they have a, they're performing up there they're leading is that microphone helping them or hindering and then can we find a microphone that both helps them do what they do and gives me the best shot at getting it on top of the mix in a loud room at 100 db with drums 20 feet away so it's almost like i'm picking a tool to present the vocal in the best way possible yeah i go for that i think that's, that's what i'm saying and i think that's the point i think it's a, i think it's a great position yeah that's the point. We're not saying that any of these are must do, must have, be all, end all. If you don't do this, you're wrong kind of things. It's just 
we're pointing to the fact that there are some people who get into those conversations and it's too easy to say, oh yeah, you have to do it this way because this is the best. Well, probably not the best and it might not be the best for that singer, even if it is a great mic, you know, so. Right, right. So anyway, just throwing that out there. And again, you may find that a PG-58 does better for you and your singer. And you get to spend less money. You get to spend $65 or, or whatever that costs. But if the right one is 900 or 1000 I I think you should consider it. I don't think you should not consider it because of how much it costs. Even you know, a small church with a budget of, let's say, $12,000 a year is your whole budget. Yeah. I still think it should be a consideration. Yeah. Well... And it's that's not to say that BGV four needs the thousand dollar capsule. Right. We're talking about your main worship leader in the same way that we'd be talking about your pastor's mic. You know, we've got yes, that's exactly we've got videos right. on our site about how your pastor's mic is the most important input on your console. Well, I would say that the worship leader is probably number two. So, I, I agree. That's good. Um, and if you got two microphones in your kick drum that are six hundred dollars, maybe something to think about. If yeah. If cost is a factor, if you're making that a factor. Or put 57s on your toms and call it a day. There you go. Glad we figured that out. Okay. Moving on. Um, Easter's coming. Mm. It's this week. It is. It's Holy Week. I'm mixing starting tomorrow rehearsals, and then we're doing services Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Wow. Really? Yeah. I would feel so weird to me to go to Easter on Thursday. I'm just programmed. It's a Good Friday service. Um, We're doing Saturday and Sunday gatherings. Are you doing a big Good Friday thing? Then Passion usually do something crazy? Yeah, not this year. Yeah. Yeah. The old C19er strikes again. C19er. Hey, I got my first vaccine. Nice. Yeah. We'll see. I got one too. Nice. Jeff probably Um, qualified on the first round. Yeah, I'm, I didn't go though. <laughs> that was that was an old man yeah. joke. I, I nap I napped right through my appointment. <laughs> they probably um, gave you Jello after, which I was jealous. I would be jealous. <laughs> uh, well, our friends at Amplio are doing something pretty cool after Easter. They're doing yeah. This is a great idea. Easter after parties in Phoenix, Arizona, and in Chicago. I wonder why so, those two markets. I'm not sure. I think he, Dylan, um, great friend of ours, who I've known Dylan for 15, 16 years or so. Um, he's now working for Amplio, but he was like, hey, I want to do these Easter after parties and just get some people together for dinner and a hang. So April 6th in Phoenix and April 7th in Chicago, Dylan's doing some after parties for our community, church technical folks. So if you want to go to that, you want some more info? I'm about to give you Dylan's cell phone number, and you guys text him to get more info. So that's Tuesday in Phoenix and Wednesday in Chicago, the week yep. after Easter. Yep. Text Dylan at 865-630-9797. I love it. That's 865-630-9797. I'm going to text him a selfie and ask him why uh, Atlanta's not getting one. I've never met Dylan for the record. Uh, you know what? Actually, everyone listening, even if you don't want to go to one of those or you can't, text Dylan a funny gif or something. This will be 
It's funny. Let's see if we can break his phone. Let's just blow up his phone. But you should go to these parties too. If you're in Phoenix or yeah, Chicago, it's a great way, I'm sure, to decompress from Easter and meet some people in the community and share some stories and break bread together. It'd be awesome. That's right. So we've mentioned Gene Kim's name. I feel like every episode since since I've been around. Yeah. It's because he has so many insightful things to share. So, everybody, welcome Gene Kim. There he is, Gene Kim, the man himself. <laughs> What's up, guys? What's up, dude? What are we doing today? I don't what are we yeah. not doing today? That's right. You guys tell me, you guys brought me here. I, I think that's a mistake, but we'll see. Whatever. <laughs> Gene, I don't. I don't think I've seen you since the short hair, like in person. <laughs> yeah. How right, recent is that? Uh, literally, like the day we came off tour last March, like the next day, all the hair came off. Wow. Kind of like a fasting offering kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I was hoping we'd go back a little sooner, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you might need to grow your hair out. Though. Maybe that's what it was. My hair's not very valuable. Wasn't worth it. <laughs> Well, you don't have hair like me, that's why. That's true. Okay, we got to give a bit of a background on Eugene because we talk about you on this podcast all the time. And we're like, why why have we waited so long to have you on here? I I don't know. So you have a background in church, and now you're touring. You've even had your hand in some church integration stuff. Like, you've kind of done it all. Yeah. Um, so why don't you give us like a Reader's Digest the last, <laughs> you know, back from the, the days at The Rock to yeah. what you're doing right now. Yeah, I was, uh, for a long time, I was kind of like the A1 guy at a large church. And then kind of the last stint of it was, you know, wearing a TD hat and watching over campuses. And then I left that. Um, I started touring with Phil Wickham and running a production company. Um, and I did that for a few years. And um, and then now I'm touring with Johnny Swim and Phil Wickham. So um, that's keeping me pretty busy. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's it in a nutshell. And he's a, he's a freaking bow, he's a freaking bow hunter. There you go. Well, I, and the- I shoot the bow, but I don't, I have not harvested anything, so I hesitate to use the word hunter. I mean, I'm getting my butt kicked trying to do where this in, thing. Where in San Diego are you using these skills? Like at the beach? Yeah, there's um, children and small dogs. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's like, I mean, last fall I had a few trips, you know, like I thought I was going to go to Texas, Wisconsin. I had some fun things lined up, but uh, I ended up only hunting in outside of San Diego and these deer are keyed in. I mean, they, they're oh, yeah. looking at you way longer than you are looking at them. So yeah, <laughs> you're wow. not sneaking up on these things. Yeah. It's very hard, bro. Can I just say that I am like a fan girl for Johnny swim? They're good people. Which, you they're know good, that yeah. because anytime I've been around you and them, I kind of fan girl a little bit. They're good people. It's, it's, it's hard not to be a fan of, of, people that treat you the way they treat everyone in their, you know, camp really. So, I mean, they even put you on their TV show. Yeah. TV show, the book, the, I mean, just there's, 
I did not see any of this coming for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and not to mention the fact that they're super talented and the music is just awesome. It's like you pair that with such high quality people and what's not to love. Yeah, it's a hard it's a hard road that I suffer uh, on behalf <laughs> of everyone. But it's it's a good one. I I, I don't I don't think I try not to talk about how nice it is really to be honest cuz they're they're awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, a couple episodes ago, um before the podcast started, we're like, hey, all right, me, Jay, and Jeff are, you know, not recording yet. We're like, what do we want to talk about? Oh, I don't know. Let's look at Gene Kim's Instagram and see how he's inspired us today. <laughs> <laughs> and we read your post. It was kind of like I could see you on a soapbox saying, um, stop making martyrs of yourself, essentially, church tech guys. You remember yeah, that? I I do. I and I'm gonna say this, you know. I think it was fresh on my mind because, you know, at the beginning of the year, I've been out with Phil a bunch and, you know, you meet a wide range of church tech personalities, you know, ones that are just yeah. really amazing and gracious and welcoming. And then, and then you run into maybe more often than, than not the guy that's, or gal that's really tired and burned out and really exhausted. And, um, and that makes things difficult for the day. Um, but I just think, you know, I, I feel like in this industry, if you have a job right now, I mean, first, like, you should be grateful, you know? But true. Um, totally. It, it just seems like, you know, folks are forgetting that and, and kind of putting themselves at, like, you know, the altar of, like, everything's on me. I do everything. You know, it's... It's, you know, this half, this wouldn't happen without me. You know, I worked seven, you know, anytime someone says I worked 75 hours last week and the week before, you know, when you yeah. hear that, you know, man, there's just, I just really empathize. But also I feel like, you know, maybe because I don't work on a church staff, I have the maybe luxury of saying, hey, cut it out, quit crying. You know, if, <laughs> if you're, if you're upset that much make other decisions or have different conversations well you know? and you, you've like you've been a part of the church like sure. production staff you're kind of like an older brother i don't think you're saying it in a in a uh, like a uh, condescending kind of way i think you're calling people to more in like a big brother sensei kind of way yeah i hope so you know i i think i think you know you know i was thinking about cuz i got like I did not expect the response that I got from just like a random rant, you know, on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and I thought about it and I, and I really kind of not flip flop, but I really empathize thinking like, you know, like there is this culture that's really hard to overcome, you know, like you've got these pastors that are incredibly driven and ambitious and they hire equally driven, ambitious, talented people who can carry a lot on their plate. And then those people promise over deliver. They go on and hire other people that are just as driven, ambitious, talented, high capacity and so on and so forth. And then, you know, you, you get this ball that you can't really undo, you know? And so it, it I also understand like how it gets there, you know, and I'm not saying 
you know, just because you're a, you're saying yourself a, as a martyr, you know, you're without fault. But I think you guys know what I'm saying. It's it's complex, you know. Yeah, I thought it was great. I think it's not just church community too. Like everyone in this season, climate of our industry in the church, outside of the church, just gratefulness, gratitude, and a a check is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like a gut check. Sorry, not a physical check's great, <laughs> um, but like a like I meant like a gut check. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I think it's a it's a good time to think about what you're doing with your life, you know, like nobody says you have to do this weird thing called production, you know, (laughs) like nobody's saying that's all you get to do, you know, like, and if you could, you know, not complain so much, (laughs) the experience of others around you is going to be so much better, you know? That's so good. That's awesome. Pastor Gene preaching today. I don't know. I, I, f- I feel like these days, you know, if I'm with Swim or Phil or whoever, I mean, it is like there are like in that camp, you know, like in that nuclear group of people, it's not remotely anything like what I experienced in, you know, church tech ministry. Like I'm not, you know, having difficult conversations every week, you know, like that I'm not having, you know, multiple meetings. And I think it's, it's a good reminder for even me to just say, Hey, like it's hard. It's hard doing the tech thing in church environments. You know, it's, it's definitely not easy. I I know it. Well, I I feel like I, even though I haven't been in what you would call full-time ministry for five or six years, I, I feel like I've never left, you know, I've just kind of yeah. been in and around of it in one capacity or another, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the place you were at was prone to, you know, all the things we hear about mega church, multiple campuses, yep. you know, uh, high impact leaders all around everywhere you look. Right. So. Right. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I was talking to someone, um, there, um, at one of the satellite campuses. And I I just reminded him, I just said, hey, you know, like this idea of like people should work in one place forever, that's like really idealistic. Like I'm so grateful for the time I had at The Rock. Like it equipped me, it gave me incredible experiences. Some of my best friends now are people from that time period. And, you know, like, the senior pastor miles like he needs like uh like he deserves people that are ready to get after it you know like like you know if and if that means like every 4 years or 5 years or 3 years there's like a new tenure of people that can come in and be super excited and take it to the next level like i always think like when you look at churches there's always someone better younger brighter more hardworking. like that's the way it should be like it it should never be you know man jeans whatever time at the rock that was the no like that shouldn't be the best it should just be like that was okay you know that was cute but like look at what we're doing now you know <laughs> and i think i think you just have to remind yourself you know like hey like everyone's got choices everyone's got families everyone's got different things that kind of 
help them navigate life decisions. And, you know, the church shouldn't be the place where you moan and make everyone <laughs> miserable, you know? Yeah. I, I get it. Man, it's I easy. love that. I get it. I love that. Yeah. It's, you know, the, it's so easy to sort of take on that mantle of, no, I am the guy and nobody can do this without me being here and, and all that. Right. But man. Yeah. That becomes idolatry pretty quick. And we all know that that's a bad thing. So that's really a good word. Um, I was looking at your Instagram today and you, you posted a, like a, uh, you did it again. You did it again. Ask me some questions. Okay. And there's one of them that I want to get deeper on. There's a story behind this. And I think it's about Manny Mariquin. Somebody asked you, okay. yeah. will you share everything Manny shared with you? So yeah. how to, did you get to spend time with him? And for those that aren't list, that listening and don't know who Manny Mariquin is, um, he, I, I think, is one of the greatest mixers ever. Right. He mixes like every pop thing that's really out john mayer continuum like all kinds of stuff that you've listened to the last 15 years yeah, but it's yeah he he i mean you name it it, it he's mixed it you know so how yeah. did y'all connect so the last johnny swim record uh manny mixed and um malay produced who also works at larabee and you know we were getting ready to go on tour we were kind of planning and um, I was listening to the record. I was at Abner's house, and um, I was like, these mixes are just out of control. And um, he's just like, you know, he starts talking about Manny. I'm like, yeah. I mean, like, he's, in my opinion, he's he's the best, you know? Like, I, he's the best. And he goes, um, do you want to meet him? <laughs> I said, <laughs> uh yeah, that that would be cool. And so he just made a phone call and we drove into the back of Larrabee and got walked in and like literally in 45 minutes, I was sitting in Manny's control room with Manny and one of his assistants was bringing up, you know, stems from the record so that we could kind of listen to it and talk about it. And Wow. And it was, and he was just like, he was like, sit in the chair. And I was like, uh... Uh, okay, <laughs> you know, and uh, he was just—I mean, like, it, I know he's—he's he's as good as he is, but he is the most gracious. I mean, he's come to shows, and he's just always so kind, and you know, yeah. he's just like—he's awesome. Yeah, um, not, not all mixers are like that for sure. No, they aren't, and the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because of that. So, at Nam, walking around the show floor, you'll bump into. These uber famous mixers that you know, right, right? There's ten or twenty of those guys that we all know their names, right? So yeah. you're also going to bump um, into Stevie Wonder, right? And, and Sinbad. <laughs> oh, Sinbad, yeah, Sinbad. Only at Nam, only at Nam, right? Yeah. Well, I, one year I ran into one of these very famous mixers, like very, very famous on the Manning yeah. level, and I went up to him and said, "Hey, you don't know me." But man, I've just looked up to you since I was a little kid. Mm. And, you know, what you've done, you know, I just kind of started doing a little bit of that. Yeah. And this guy was the biggest jerk to me and totally could care less about me, was like I was wasting his time, get out of my way. 
Does he have three names? It was terrible. <laughs> yeah, 100%, Jeff. 100% that guy. <laughs> then, yeah, I, I know who that guy is. The next year, I'm in, I'm in a, uh, a booth looking at studio monitors. Same guy comes in. I'm talking to the owner of the studio monitor company, and Famous Mixer comes in, interrupts my conversation, looks at me and says, hold on, and then talks to this guy. Like, I'm, I didn't even exist. Again, jerk move number two. Now... I leave that booth. I go to the Waves booth because Manny is about to do one of these little demos that they did. And he's about to start and he's off to the side. And some of the guys at Wave were like, Hey, do you, Waves, you want to, you want to say hi to Manny? And I was like, Man, I'd, I'd love to. So, same thing. I walk up to Manny and here's how different the interaction went. Right. Um, two minutes later, I left with Manny's phone number and email address and an invite to Larrabee anytime I wanted to come. Yeah, I mean that's that's he's he's special. He's special. Every time every time I hear a mix, I just think, how how did you do that? That's that's what I think. So what'd you learn? Yeah, what did he tell you that translated to what you do live with Swim? Um, the last record, there was a lot of different low end information, whether it was eight oh eight or like sub bass Moog. Um, the kick drum, like all of that stuff is kind of like overlapping. There's just a, a ton of information. And, and because we weren't carrying um, PA, I knew that like the heavy lifting on my end from system to system was going to be translating that. And so just to kind of like hear um, those things on its own and kind of how he had treated them. Um, that was kind of like what I was really focusing on. Um, you know, it, and, and a lot of it is, you know, saturation, distortion. Um, it's not so much like as much side chaining as I thought it was. It, it was, it was just like little things that he was doing. And to be honest, like big fader moves, you know, like where you just, yeah. you don't even know it's happening, but it's happening. You know, and so it was, it was just like really neat. And he was just so like, you know, like I love when people are just like, yeah, like take, take whatever can help you. Cause he's ultimately as a mixer, he's serving Johnny Swim, you know, like that's his goal. Like, and, um, and if that means helping the live guy that's also trying to do the same thing, serve Johnny Swim, like he's going to be as, you know, helpful. And he nailed their vocals. It's crazy, yeah. I mean, do you use, do you use a similar setup for the uh, Amanda and Abner's vocals live as he did in the studio? No, I don't think so. I mean, I didn't look at all the chains, but um, I mean, they were a lot of those vocals were cut with a forty-seven or an SM7, and I'm using you know sure handhelds and TPA caps, so it's it's just different, you know. Um, do you guys own those? Do you take them everywhere? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And sometimes we'll DCA use DCA capsules, you said? Yeah, we'll use like the de facto's or um sometimes if I know if they're going to be staying put and it's a trio show, you know, meaning like not a big drum kit and amplifiers, I'll use like the Neumann 105 or, you know, just things that are just really clear and unforgiving, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're good, so but I I don't mind it being really that clear and super detailed. transparent right yeah. uh, gene and i had a corporate show 
not too long ago, and it was a scenario where Abner and Amanda needed to wear masks, and so Gene had to mix them with masks on. I saved his presets as Gene C-19 on the console. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, the problem with the mask was like, you know, at like a certain SPL, it's fine because it's predictable, but it wasn't just like a low-pass filter. It was like uh, like some kind of like acoustic compressor because it was almost like a a membrane trap, you know, like it would move with their breath. And so you'd get this like funny compression uh. as they would sing. And I feel like if that wasn't there, it'd be totally fine. It's <laughs> workable, but... Did, uh, back to Manny for a second, did he talk about high-pass and low-pass filters with you at all? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's something I want to ask him. I, maybe you can help us get him on the podcast, Gene. Um, he doesn't know me that well. Trust me, guys. I yeah. mean, I'm just like a, a speck on you know in his universe. I'm, sure. I'm nobody. Trust Turns me. out Abner just sends an email, so we'll just have to have Abner send an email. Yeah. <laughs> Abner can move mountains. He can move mountains. Trust me. I heard Manny talk about, I think it was the Imagine Dragons record, their first big one, like their second album. And verses to chorus to get more lift, he would low pass the verse. You know, I, I don't know what to, but the, when the chorus hit, it would lift. And so it'd be a tad brighter. You know, it could be low passing to 18K on the verse, on the mix bus. You not know it. And then the chorus hits and it's like, oh, there's a little sparkle. And then same That's thing on cool. the low end, like high pass the whole mix to 28. But then yeah. when the chorus hit, it's off and open. I'm like, I've always wanted to try that live. It just sounds crazy to do something yeah. like that live. Well, I stopped here in 18K a long time ago, so I've been low passing <laughs> to 18K for longer than anybody. That's I think it's a perception thing. Like, I don't think we necessarily hear it, but it's like yeah. a feeling. It, it gives it energy or something. It's just air. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Gene, what's your coffee blend these days? Gene's a coffee um, nut, by the way. I've found out yeah. thanks to his Instagram. Apparently, you're like the people revere you and come to your house to get a cup. They do. They they. I get I get people that drop in every now and again. You you. Guys, I told you you're welcome at any time, but you have to sleep over so we can do things properly with the grill and. Fire. Well, we got we got other wild coffee ideas up our sleeves. Yeah, with we've you. got ideas. <laughs> Yeah, there's some there's some fun things uh, cooking for sure. Are you a are you a Pelican coffee touring guy? Like you have your setup. I I was, but now I just bring like the full like I have a whole road espresso machine and pour over kit that goes on the bus, and so it you know like what I try to do is I try to get up. I get up pretty early with our TM, and then. I get to go somewhere fun, you know, grab a couple bags of coffee. Which you have one of the greatest TMs ever. I mean, I've known him <laughs> since he was like 17. I feel like I helped raise the little man um, in his early days. He's the sweetest guy. I don't know if y'all know Greg Lee. Yeah, he's he's real, real good. You know, with Brandon and with Phil or Greg, I mean, I'm like, I am always in good hands. I'm never wondering what's going on. But, you know, get coffee awesome. and... You know, bring it back to the bus and then start making drinks. And then, you know, usually labor hands and union are ready to dump things at that point. And then I'll get on my day. But yeah, I, I, I've made coffee kind of the thing I do on the road because I, 
I just I like it a certain way. And then also I like learning how each person likes their coffee, you know, like Abner likes it a different slight ratio than Amanda does. Greg likes his coffee. He likes a certain drink, like in a certain way. Like, so does the band. Like this guy drinks a latte. He drinks an Americano. Like, I just like knowing that kind of thing. Yeah, that's cool. You got, you got a pastor's heart. So even though I only have a Keurig at home, I yeah, I'm t- I do think I've got pretty good taste in coffee, but you have to forget about the Keurig. So my favorite coffee ever is uh, Geisha from yeah. Verve. Yeah. Have you had that? I've drank a lot of, I'm drinking Geisha now. Um, and I, th- I think it's awesome. You know, it's, it, it's, of course, all of us would like it because one, it's the hardest to harvest. You know, it's like you're letting the cherry ripen the longest. Like you have the greatest factor to screw it up and it's the most labor intensive because See, I didn't letting, know that. Yeah, you're letting the the bean like caramelize and like build its sugar to its max right up to fermentation where it might just go real south. So that's why it's like such a big flavor, you know, and you have to do it by hand. You ha- I mean these these uh people in the coffee farms, they're literally going to the tree and saying, that one, like that's wow. the big one. And then we'll put that on the side and then this small lot becomes geisha from that particular tree. Like it's it's fancy. That's why instead of 20 bucks a bag, it's 65 and you get less ounces, you know? like it's, Yeah, it's like a 10 ounce bag is $65. It's the Kobe beef with coffee. Exactly, and it's wow. worth it. You uh, you've know? got a coffee drink that I keep hearing about that's an ex- espresso and tonic or something. Yeah, or something. S- yeah. I, How do the people at home get the recipe? It's If you want it, it's going to be in the Johnny Swim book that's coming out in a few months, I think. Um, but I'll tell you, I mean, so this is... I'm going to give you a glimpse into my wife and I's dating life. We watch uh, World Barista Championship YouTube videos on like yes. a Friday night. <laughs> and we'll buy like six different, we'll go to Whole Foods or a fancy market and buy like six different milks. And then we'll like ex- <laughs> try them all and, and steam them and see which one is better. And um, in the competition, you have to make like an espresso, you have to make a cappuccino, and then you get to just make something crazy. They call that the signature drink. So I made a signature drink that uh, you, it, it kind of is like a mojito. You know, it's iced. I feel like it's like a daytime drink. Um, it's kind of sweet and it's really caffeinated. So, and you don't know it. So you just get really, really buzzed on caffeine. And sugar. It's just like three o'clock and you're hitting that afternoon lull and you want that thing. Like that's the drink. So can you tell me how like what was your pickup line to your wife or girlfriend at the time? Like, hey girl, wanna come over, like try a bunch of coffees? No, I, <laughs> I I'm single, so I need help here, Gene. I I think you <laughs> I, nobody wants dating advice from me. I, I feel like I just fell into a hole and I got married. That's a terrible way to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying I didn't expect it, but you know. That's I, awesome. I'm I married way up for sure, for sure. Yeah, is it, your wife's a, your wife's in the medical field, isn't she? She's a nurse. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. awesome. She's a 
I would recommend that to someone if you're considering production as a career. It's it's a nice <laughs> it's a nice uh you, you get that nice Xanax plan. prescription anytime yeah, you want a, it. <laughs> it's uh you know, the medical, the the retirement, the dental, the vision, the It's just the like real job. One. You mean you just mean like a real career? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well we have real know. careers, we just don't have real jobs. <laughs> Yeah, I think somehow the universe knows our job is a little too much fun, and so they're like, "We can't give them more stuff. Like, we, <laughs> it's funny. already too good for them as it is." So when we're in Anaheim for the MXU live tour, I am definitely going to need you to come by after lunch and make us some of those, uh, yeah, coffee mojito tonic cocktails. When is it? That sounds awesome. September twenty second. All right, I think that could. That could be doable. That's uh, the first time you and I met was in Anaheim at Eastside. Was it? Yeah. What were we doing there? Tyler was the worship leader, and he had both of us there to help. Oh yeah, yeah. Redo yeah. their file, or were you were there already, or something? I don't know. We were supposed to tune something, and we just kind of looked at each other and said, "Well, that's what I would do." Yep, that's what I would do. Oh, I use that song too. Oh, okay, yeah, like that's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's the only. We, I, I basically said, two fifty is a little weird, and maybe four hundred. And you're like, "Yep, that's it." And then it was like, "Yeah, it was about it." It was one of those weird situations that you walk into as an audio guy, and you're like, "This could go south." When real bad church brings two guys in that do the same thing to do one job, it could have been bad for sure. It could have been super bad, and then we've never hung out with each other, so we didn't really right. know. Right. And like, I didn't know if you were any good. You didn't know if I was any good. <laughs> you don't know, you know? So we spent like right. a whole day going like, like you said, you're like, oh, I, I use this track. Okay, cool. 250? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Y'all were okay, dating. Great. <laughs> well, yeah, we, yeah. Then it, it was, was like, where are we going to lunch? Uh, taco truck. Perfect. We're good. We're in. <laughs> this guy's great. <laughs> Made it easy. Yeah, but, it was. Made it easy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank goodness that went well. Gene, the people at home want to know what gear you're traveling with or when when you were traveling. Uh, Consoles and that kind of fun stuff. Not coffee. We were on an SSL last tour um, on an L200. And then um, we were on an SD9 before that. Um, and then I think this fall, I'm not sure what we're going to be on. I really... You know, I really like the way SSL thinks about music, like just the way they kind of like, there's just a certain like, ooh, I'm fancy feeling, you know? Um, but I still think the the PM and the Rivage head amps are, are the, the best sounding, you know, in terms of like high pass filter gain. And then you push up and you're like, that's what a channel sounds like on this console. Like, so I... You know, I'm kind of intrigued by that, but, you know, I'm also making like old man decisions where I'm like, I wonder if I could do a CL1 because it's so little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I literally, That's you know, funny. like uh, before the SSL, I, I really gave um, like taking a an XL4 or a 3K out just like I wanted to do like the, the, all the like clark technic inserts and the like i wanted to have that experience i wanted to see six guys tip a console <laughs> i wanted to like unroll like 
you know, like a 300 foot, like 48 channel copper snake, you know, like I just wanted to do it. But then, then I got smart when I realized, oh, you're only going to have one, one tech that could help you with this. <laughs> I was yeah. like, yeah, no, I can't do that. CL1's cute. That's awesome. Well, it, I said X32 rack because we were DMing each other about like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go on tour with the backpack full of clothes and a pelican, and that's the whole front of house rig and a pelican. Right. I mean, we're, we were talking about doing Europe sometime next year and, you know, jumping trains and hopping on flights and things like that. And I just thought if they made a TF or like just something that I could just pull out of a backpack, I would be so about it, you know? Yeah. Like it would just be so perfect for that kind of thing, you know? And But mixing Johnny Swim on an XL4 would be amazing also. Yeah, it like and honestly, it's really just for the the ears aspect. I mean, like pulling up a mix for those guys, it's like you get the vocals right and then you can kind of build around them, you know. It's just like you just want to be able to spend the least amount of time sound checking so that they can do other things, you know. So it's really the that's the only reason why I think I I'm carrying consoles really. That's awesome. So cool. Okay, tell me about the Fab Filter EQ. Oh my gosh. It's uh before the 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 kind of the standard was the the Massenburg EQ in plug-in form. Like like Avid owned it. It was kind of expensive, but there was just something so natural about it. Like it's kind of like a lake when you stack filters on top of each other, it sounds fine. It doesn't get weird. Yeah. Um in the same way, like on a on the Fab Filter EQ, and there's just like little things like you could make it like there's just so much in it, and but it the, the bottom line is it just sounds like what you're doing. Like I I was telling Tom, I was like, you know, on a Midas, you turn the EQ and like the amount of resistance on the pot to what you're hearing and seeing is like actually you hear it and it kind of makes sense. Like that's what a fab filter EQ does. Like it just, it just makes sense, you know? And like when you shelf something up top, it, it feels like you're shelving something up top. If you want like the craziest 72 dB high pass filter that just looks like a cliff, like you could do it and it, and it feels natural, you know, like there's just a yeah. lot about it that I, I really like, you know. Um, I'm on their website right now looking. Which one? Uh, Q3, Pro Q3. Yeah. Okay. That's the one. I mean, all their stuff is amazing, but that, that, that EQ is like, like for me, it goes like in a session, it would be like trim, you know, like the trim plugin and then like, yeah. And then Fab Filter is like right after that. And then it'll be like, you know, a comp of some kind or, you know, but it's it's on everything. That's cool. And are they a part of Plugin Alliance so you can use this? No, absolutely oh, not. Yeah, dang it. I know. Plugin Alliance is awesome. I, I do love it. But um, I feel like you have to kind of wade through and be like, that one's really cool. And, yeah, you know. But Fab Filter, it's kind of like we released it. It's awesome. You better buy it. Yeah, you buy it now. <laughs> have you guys ever used it before, Jeff or Jay? I have. It's been a while though because I've been out of the Avid thing for a while. But it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's one hundred and eighty dollars. 
I'm on their website looking like, do I need this? <laughs> you, you, yeah, you should just buy it now. And they don't give sales, you know, like, like right. other companies will give you a bunch of sales, but I don't know if I've ever seen a fab filter, maybe black Friday, but you know, you mean they're not like waves and has everything on clearance every day. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just pointing out that they don't have a lot of discounts and it's worth it still. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Awesome. All right, man. Well, thanks for doing this. Yeah, anytime. Gene, you beast. It's good to virtually see you guys. I I feel it, like the only reason we'd get to see each other is if we hire each other, which is partly true or we're on a show together. <laughs> that is true. So, that is definitely true. Funny. So it's Everybody it's, give uh every give Gene a follow on Instagram at Tambourine Phil, which is the coolest Instagram name, by the way. <laughs> And DM him all your questions about coffee, archery, and audio. <laughs> Thanks, Leah. <I'll>, uh, <laughs> That's great. I'll forward that over to you. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. See you guys. Well, you got to love some Gene Kim. Man, such a good dude. I know. It's awesome. It's like, you want to talk coffee? You want to talk archery or audio? It's like a lot For of your hours, Gene. I mean, yeah. Lee, sorry. Well, it's a yeah. lot of your loves. My name's Lee, Jay. Yeah, Thank sorry. You. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I blocked you out for a minute. Yeah, story of my life. He's just kind. He's just got this yeah. kindness about him that I love. I know. Yeah, totally. And the swim, the rest of the swim camp does too. They're just, they're good. They're Christians. We'll know they're Christians. I heard uh, yesterday on Joe Rogan, he was talking about Chris Pratt. And he's like, Chris Pratt is the nicest guy ever. Like he's what, he's a Christian, but he's the like the kind that you're supposed to be, like the love your neighbor <laughs> kind. And I was like, that's like the greatest compliment you can give anyone. Right. It stings a little bit too. It does. Yeah, yeah. definitely stings. Yeah, oh, I love gosh. that. I would love to go see Johnny Swim in a big theater or something soon. <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting the itch to see a show, which I never get. Oh, well, I can scratch that itch for you, Jay. I don't want to come to Bayside. Because I got, well, Marcus and I got all of us tickets to go see the UFC in Jacksonville, Florida next month. Dude, that's amazing. And it's full 15,000 seats sold out. And I'm excited. Super spreader UFC it, event. It's actually the exact opposite of Johnny Swim in a theater. We're going <laughs> right. We're I going was wondering UFC. how you tied the two together. <laughs> yeah, UFC yeah. in an arena. So that'll be that's fun. Funny. We're all doing Dude, that's that. that's going to be amazing. I know. Jeff's coming. Adam Taylor's coming. Daniel Cannell. We're going to have to make some dinner reses. Already got it. Oh, man. You're on it. See, that's what I like about you. See, I do like you. Great. The moments like this, I really like you. That's all it took. <laughs> dinner. True fat boy right here. Doesn't take much. No. All right, Jeff, what's the score of the Michigan game? You've been watching it this whole podcast and no one had any idea. (laughs) Michigan's up by 11 and uh, second half just started. So I'm going to go and finish watching that. But we got to wrap up uh, a couple other details. Don't forget, guys, you got to text Dylan from Amplio. Yep. 865-630-9797. That's 865-630-9797. Nine seven. What? So, <laughs> did you just read the numbers in pairs? Just random numbers. Yeah, yeah I'm okay. just so confused so, right now. <laughs> I know who is the who is the comedian that said, "Don't you know, phone number etiquette is ba 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 ba." 
Papa, Papa. Yeah. <laughs> you just did Papa, 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 Papa. Right. Papa, Papa. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so again, 865 630 9797. And you will have an Easter after party that you won't forget. That's great. Go sign Dylan up for text message alerts from all the department stores in your mall. <laughs> that's a, or sign him up for car dealership like he's looking for a car. Yeah, that's, oh. that's the worst. That is the worst. the worst. Um, also, MXU All Access, we announced that last podcast. Um, it's on a wait list, so it's not sold out because not everyone's paid their invoices yet, but we are on a wait list, so you can keep applying, but it's over. Y'all, uh, I, I think we, really we got to do, do more of those. It's sold out so yeah. fast. We'll have to figure that yeah, out. That's a good idea. Maybe yeah. do them regional. That's a good idea. Yeah, just make it easier for people to get. I'm coming to one. I think I'm going to pop in for one night. It's not that far. Yeah, good. Well, guys, enjoyed it as always. We'll see you next time. All right, we'll see you. Bye.